0: Well, if you ask me, I'd say she's a snack. And when she goes out to dinner without me, I say, "I want my baby back, baby back, baby back." <laughs>
1: I like that one. He's always down for board game night, but if you try to beat him, he won't go down without a fight.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I I still lose all the time, <laughs> but Welcome everyone to Life Well Spent with Garrett and Amber. I'm Garrett. I'm Amber. We got Ace in the room.
1: He's he's a little um out of not really out of sorts he's like uh, coming down from the high that we that i made him go to the pet parlor today
0: ptsd for sure Yeah, yeah yeah pet parlor is you know a uh, dog bathing place and got his nails trimmed and apparently
1: kind of nipped the quick
0: got the quick so we, we definitely hurt him oh yeah jeez. so but he's good now he's a sleepy boy
1: I have a feeling I'm probably gonna be sore from trying to lift him into the, the tub area.
0: Yeah, I should have known better than oh to gosh. leave with him needing to get up in that tub.
1: It w- it would be better if he didn't resist me. But an eighty pound dog and a hundred and forty pound
0: tamper <laughs> don't yeah.
1: don't mix well. He's a big boy. He is.
0: Even when I lift him up I gotta yeah, I gotta kinda give him the old he of ho.
1: Yep. I'm surprised I didn't, you know, put my back out. But yeah. I guess we'll see you tomorrow.
0: Yeah. That's how you get a hernia. Yep. Yep.
1: <laughs> how you doing, honey?
0: Uh, doing well. Yeah. How are you?
1: I'm good. Good. Yeah. Doing pretty good. Yeah. Nice. ate a good meal, and now I'm ready to to do some podcasting.
0: Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll go ahead and get it started then. Uh, something something I've been into this week, but actually been into for quite a while. Um, I've got a, a few podcast recommendations. Mm. I feel like I don't I don't do those too often, which is good because that's I listen to a lot of podcasts, so I try not to bore people with it too much. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so one podcast that I really enjoy, been listening to a lot, is The Dumbbells. And it's a uh, comedy, health, and fitness podcast, and it's hosted by Eugene Cordero. Um, we got an early kid break, guys. So Look lucky. At that. And we're back. Uh, so, I was talking about uh, the Dumbbells podcast uh, hosted by Eugene Cordero. Uh, you may have seen him in uh, Kong School Island. Uh, he's one of the uh, American kind of grunts. Uh, I'd say, like, kind of the key five soldier guys. Um, he's in a show right now called uh, Tacoma FD on True TV. Uh, just started watching that, haven't gotten too deep into that, but uh, seems like a really good guy. Um, And then uh, uh, Ryan Stanger is the other host. Uh, And they're both uh, comedy guys. Kind of came up in UCB theater, stuff like that. So uh, they've got a major comedy background. But also, uh, I believe Ryan Stanger is still a uh, 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 coach, fitness, uh, trainer. Mm. He's a trainer. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, I believe Eugene at one point was uh, maybe a CrossFit trainer, some other trainer. He does Muay Thai Thai as well. Um, So they're both really hilarious um i also listen to ryan stinger in a podcast called uh oh my god and it's behind a pee wall anyway so it doesn't matter but um yeah uh, especially when i'm in modes of trying to get healthier and trying to get more fit mm-hmm. uh i mean you know this about me you listen to like really good motivational business type podcasts i do yeah i struggle with that like crazy how come i just i need comedy yeah yeah that's something that i i lose interest pretty quickly if it's not comedy or if it's not like fiction narrative like uh horror stories Hmm. um yeah other stuff i just i really zone out quick interesting Uh, yeah these guys are a fantastic blend of comedy and just fitness uh especially pre-quarantine pre-covid they bring on a lot of really awesome guests uh less so now um but uh, they still bring guests on they had a really good one on la- uh, this this week um but uh yeah it's it's good motivational health and fitness stuff they answer questions i mean uh Ryan Stanger he uh actually researches like he looks for peer reviewed studies it's not just like oh well arnold schwarzenegger says that he drinks celery juice so i'm going to start drinking celery juice like mm-hmm. he, um the other day he was talking about Uh, apple cider vinegar which I actually started drinking Mm -hmm. and he's like I do it every day
1: is it getting any easier for you
0: yeah oh yeah okay yeah it's I mean it's not super enjoyable but it's fine you know um but uh he'll say things like you know uh, does it really work you know who knows the the just the research isn't there the level of research the peer-reviewed studies aren't needed so he says like you know I do it you know, I think he does the same thing with celery juice. Like, you don't need to do it. You know, it may or may not actually be effective, but it works for him and his, you know, mental situations. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's really great. But they've they've just got different uh, good levels of, ex- of fitness. Like I said, the martial arts, the pure strength training. Um,
1: Would you ever try martial arts?
0: I... Yeah. Ha- oh, have yeah.
1: Have you ever tried anything like that? I uh,
0: had a friend in elementary school took me to like a Taekwondo ca- uh, class when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I feel like Taekwondo was big when we were kids. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind it. I-, I honestly would like to try boxing. Yeah. I think that'd be a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, spar every once in a while with like the biggest softest gloves possible <laughs> and headgear and all that <laughs> stuff. I'm not, you know, not looking to prove myself. I just like even shadow boxing at home mm-hmm. with uh, a game we have called uh thrill of the fight. I believe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that gasses me, you know, in a yeah. matter of minutes. So yeah. Yeah. And so that one's really good. That one's a great uh, health and fitness podcast. If you're looking for something funny, but also, you know, to kind of help motivate you. Um, they also talk about their ups and downs, their struggles or their victories with their current training. Cause they're not they're not perfect. Uh Eugene's dad just passed away recently, so he missed mm-hmm. a few weeks of the podcast and he was talking about like you know, he wasn't really doing much and now he's kind of getting back into it and uh you know, especially with his work schedule. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes he's off filming stuff so he can't be on the podcast and uh a lot of times uh Aaron McGowan, I believe, will step on and she's fantastic. She is hilarious. Uh just recently, I believe, became a licensed uh, instructor, coach, oh, like uh, a lifestyle coach or something? Uh, well, lifestyle, no, a licensed uh, trainer. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I believe you have to be licensed, maybe state of California. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she's she's really great. It's just all around really good, positive podcast. Mm-hmm. And they have uh people on of different uh, health and fitness levels, and everything is, you know what's what's your goal you know what are you looking for and then they try to bring them back months later to talk about what they've done to achieve those goals or not and you know it's all good because it's it's fitness if you don't Mm -hmm. hit your goals or maybe uh you know you go hard at it for a while but then you fall back that's you know that's kind of health and fitness in general it's just a yeah constant struggle it It, appears
1: which is interesting i mean even just making the, the lifestyle change. I mean, a lot of people go on diets just so they can get like a quick shred of weight. But yeah. when you are doing more so of a lifestyle change, like I feel like we've d- done more of, yeah. um, it is, it's hard. You still go back and forth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Over the past three months. I mean, we've greatly reduced, greatly reduced my drinking, but mm-hmm. I think both are drinking. We cut yeah. down quite a bit and, Trying to kind of go less carbs, uh, fewer fried foods, mm-hmm. keeping those really to not cheap days, but cheap meals. Um, so that's that's been something that I think I was telling you today, like. If I get on the scale and maybe I'm not down as much or I kind of went back up and weight a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just trying to tell myself like this isn't. Yeah, like I've got a goal to hit a certain weight by my birthday, but like it's, it's going to keep going after that. It has to, Mm -hmm. you know, I want to, I want to be healthy for a while and I want to be around for my son and for you. And, uh, so it's, it's got to be something that's just a constant mindset. Uh, you know, the, the just being aware of what you're doing, you Mm -hmm. know, what you're eating at all times, is this helping me or like, uh, last night I, We had champagne because it was the first Friday of the month.
1: Absolutely. And
0: then I decided to have a tequila on the rocks Mm -hmm. because I was celebrating a a big kind of work accomplishment. And I felt terrible later that night. Like in the middle of the night, I woke up like with a hot flash. I just didn't feel motivated today. Mm -hmm. Like I worked out a tiny bit, but I, I didn't do as much as I wanted to. But, you know, I still got the workout in. I mean even if i just kind of walked around the block a couple times it's still something right yeah you know and that's something else they they always preach is you know something is something is always going to be better than nothing don't talk to yourself and be like oh well if i don't go in and do my exact workout it's not even gonna be worth it so i go in right it's like it's not every a, little bit counts yeah, of thing it's not all or nothing so uh that one's really good um the next one is a lot hornier <laughs> um Granted, Eugene and Ryan are good-looking dudes, but this one is called Girls on Porn. And I just started <laughs> listening to it recently, and it's uh, really fantastic. Um, I don't remember the host's names just because I started re- listening like maybe a month or so ago. Mm-hmm. I'm not as uh, familiar with them as, as people as some of the podcasts I've been listening to for years. But yeah, it's great. They, uh, I mean, of course, this is a very adult podcast, but uh, every week they take a different like kind of subgenre in pornography. Uh, the most recent one was Giantess, mm. which hmm. I, I'm not very – or no, the most recent one was Age Play. Um, and the cool thing was they had an actual doctor um, on the podcast, uh, a doctor of like sexuality, um, to talk about Age Play. And, uh, you know, uh, a lot of times Age Play, of course, that can be dangerous territory – if it's like if you're playing at a scene where it's an adult man and the 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 other actor whether male or female is playing somebody underage of course that's Mm, you know that's that's uh those are troubled waters to wade into Mm -hmm. um but uh it it was interesting because they talked about like it's not just about the age it's about uh power dominance submission interesting um, or being the dominant and the submissive one both you know of course the the other good thing is they're both female hosts and they look for good ethical pornography with consent like Mm -hmm. if something doesn't feel like it's consenting or either party is not enjoying it like they they straight up say it like no like this was terrible like Mm -hmm. she didn't seem to be enjoying it you know or or even he whomever um so it's 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 really fascinating um I took a few psych classes in college, you know, I think, uh, uh, sexual psychology is super interesting. So mm-hmm. that one's been a ton of fun. They're, you know, super sweet, real funny. Again, it's kind of comedy oriented. They've had some comedy people on there to talk about other subgenres of pornography, but that one is, uh, that one's a blast. Uh, episodes are like anywhere from 50 to hour and a half, give or oh, take. Oh, wow. Okay. So. Um, not too long. I th- I think maybe the past 45 minute episodes, but, um, yeah, the, I just, both of those, I mean, they're not just straight up pod or they're not just straight up comedy, you know, comedy with health and fitness, lifestyle, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sexuality, you know, so trying to kind of <laughs> incorporate other things that are, are, you know, good and I can learn from, mm-hmm. um, and I, I mean, the girls on porn, like just you know some them breaking down some of the uh uh, sexual you know what what those uh fetishes mean Mm -hmm. you know and never in a a shamey way unless there's something that's clearly like you know pretty gross bad for the actors in the scene Mm -hmm. but other than that i think it's good to kind of help to refresh and keep an open mind Mm -hmm. understand that you know people feel what they feel you know and uh it's something I, I feel that should be understood and not just, you know, immediately mocked. Right. Um, so those two were really good. Those those have been Hmm. fun ones. Yeah. Very cool. What about you? What have you been into? Um,
1: well, like you said before, I've been listening to that motivational podcast. Uh, let's see the mindset mentor with Rob dial Mm -hmm. and you know, his podcasts are anywhere from like 10 minutes to 30 or 40. If he has somebody on there talking Mm -hmm. about stuff, but, uh, Yeah. You know, it gives me some motivation. So, you know, if I'm doing things around the house, taking a shower or doing chores or something, it's just fun Mm -hmm. to to listen to. And I've been sending a few to my sister's and text. And so it's kind of nice because they get something out of it too, you know, and like, you know, we we FaceTime quite a bit with uh, my sisters and my mom. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of fun that, you know, we can call each other up and be like, you know, I'm really not having like the best motivational day today like you know hopefully Kayla doesn't mind but I you know she called in saying like she was not motivated to really do anything she had a couple drinks last night with her girlfriend and Mm -hmm. um just wasn't feeling it and so as we're talking about everything then she feels motivated to be able to work out and she'll work out while she's on FaceTime with us nice
0: yeah it helps to vocalize that stuff and of course Mm -hmm. I'm sure she feels you know it's a safe space with her sisters and her mom so yeah that's awesome
1: And plus, I think she just finds it a little bit more fun to do the workout when she can talk to people and, you know, you, you're not thinking about the workout if you're chatting about something else, you know.
0: Oh, yeah. That's got to help. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So that's been a lot of fun. Um, and then, of course, I completed my staging course. And yes. Congrats. Passed. Woo. Hell yeah. So I should get my certificate in the mail within like three weeks or so. Nice. which is pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, it's been kind of a uh, busy week. I mean, we had like eye appointments and teacher conferences and right. yeah. Um, yeah. Taking the dogs in, which was, oh, <laughs> I feel like I, it, it's definitely worth it to pay to just drop them off, have them do the bathing and the n- nail clipping and just pick right. them up. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Cash and I took a for a walk while you bathed Ace. And that mm-hmm. seemed like the, of course that was, that was the most work that right. was done. So appreciate you doing that.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was my idea, so
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I had to do it. But uh, yeah, Ace was just kind of looking at me like, I just really hate you right now, Mom. But mm. I think he got over it pretty quickly. Oh, he loves you. Yeah. He loves you like crazy. Yeah. But, yeah. but I can't remember what assignment I gave for you.
0: Right. So you gave me Claudette Colvin.
1: That's right.
0: And on the uh, in the description uh for the last episode I spelled her last name colbin. I oh. apologize, I must have misheard. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. So, yeah, I will start talking about Claudette Colvin.
1: Oh, and real quick, mm-hmm. I did um start reading the uh, Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man oh, by that? Emmanuel Acho. Um I'm only a couple pages in, but I thought it was kind of pr- appropriate to start reading that during the month of February. Mm-hmm. So, I will let you know as I keep reading it this month. Very nice. And what I learned. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That'll be, that'll tie in extremely well to the podcast. So yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So Claudette Colvin, uh, is a, is the story of, uh, I, I believe she was the first, uh, black woman, uh, to refuse to give up her seat, uh, on a bus. She was. Okay. Um, I saw some other stuff that said that there was plenty of women that did that, but, I uh, I also uh there's a episode of Drunk History about mm. Claudette Colvin and I watched that as well. Oh, that's cool. It's I mean, drunk history is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It's it's a great Such episode. A great show. <laughs> yeah. But uh so uh this happened on March second, nineteen fifty five. Um and quite a bit of the uh, information I'm going off of is from this really good uh, NPR article um about Claudette Colvin and a book was released Um, recently that I will read an excerpt from. The book is uh, Twice Toward Justice and it's about Claudette Colvin. Um, I believe it's her biography. I believe it was written by somebody else. Okay. uh, So, uh, from the NPR article, uh, few people know the story of Claudette Colvin. When she was 15, she refused to move to the back of the bus and give up her seat to a white person. Nine months before Rosa Parks did the very same thing.
1: 15 did you say she's 15 that's a lot of courage for a 15 year old
0: yeah yeah it's uh it's incredible uh she talked about uh from this npr article uh they asked her kind of what was going through her head like mm-hmm. your 15 year old girl standing up to uh just adults to police yeah and uh she said uh, when i asked kind of what was going through her mind she says uh, we couldn't try on clothes colvin said you had to take a brown paper bag and draw a diagram of your foot and take it to the store. Can you imagine all of that in my mind? My head was just too full of black history, you know? The oppression that we went through. It felt like Sojourner Truth was on one side pushing me down, and Harriet Tubman was on the other side of me pushing me down. I couldn't get up. Mm. So, yeah, at school, they were learning about, because uh, it was a segregated school. Right. I gotta, I got to assume that in the white schools, they probably weren't learning too much about Black leaders. Yeah. Uh, but they were learning it at her school. So mm-hmm. she, yeah, she had all this pride in, in black leaders and she felt that she needed to take a stand, ironically, mm-hmm. she stayed seated. Um, and I mean, I think that goes to show just how important it is to, uh, uh, in school, to have, have education on uh, just black history uh, I think generally people that uh, have been um, counted out or, or oppressed. Yeah. I mean, those stories are incredibly important because, you know, history can easily be written by the victors. Mm-hmm. And I think now is the time where we need to get not just that history, but but all history. Yeah. You know, so... Uh, and, of course, this is obviously showing that it's it's incredibly important because it led to this huge civil rights movement. Um, yeah, so it was Negro History Month, and at her segregated school, they had been studying black leaders like Harriet Tubman, the runaway slave who led more than 70 slaves to freedom through the network of safe houses known as the Underground Railroad. When mm-hmm. I was a kid, I was convinced it was a literal Underground Railroad. You know, I think I did, too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I think every kid thinks of like, man, that's a lot of tunnels, right? I um, know
1: how fun.
0: Yeah, uh, they were also studying about Sojourner Truth, a former slave who became an abolitionist and women's rights activist. Nice. And so uh, Claudette stayed seated, mm-hmm. and uh, the uh, bus driver called the cops. Cops came, took her away, and uh, she was arrested. Fifteen for not giving up her seat. And uh, the NAACP, you know, they kind of came to her and helped her out. And according to that episode of Drunk History, uh, her and Rosa Parks uh, formed a a friendship. Because Rosa Parks was a receptionist at the NAACP office.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. And
0: that office received a bunch of letters about Claudette, Mm -hmm. you know, saying, hey, this is incredible. This 15-year-old girl stood up and... Uh, you know um, so they kind of talked a lot but what so there's a reason that Rosa Parks when we think of like the early steps in civil in this in the American civil rights movement we think Rosa Parks Mm -hmm. because she stayed seated on the bus right Um, that was a lot of the NAACP it had been happening already but they wanted to make a a statement it was it was political but i don't think that's a bad thing i mean it's not a bad thing it led to obviously great things but they knew that they needed somebody for everybody to get behind Mm -hmm. white people black people and it's it's really messed up i don't like it but it is what it is um so they asked her why she thought uh they asked claudette why she thought that uh rosa parks was the representative for the black civil rights movement and not her when she was the first one to stay seated. Mm-hmm. And she said, uh, her skin texture was the kind that people associate with the middle class Says Colvin. She fit that profile. Mm. And, uh, parks was the secretary of the NAACP. She was well known and respected and says Garrow. Oh, and says Garrow. Um, I believe he was the author of her, of Claudette's book. Parks had a natural gravitas and was an inherently impressive person. Mm. Uh, in, the drunk history episode. Uh, the the woman that is telling the history. She is a, a black woman, I believe, a comedian or a com- comedy writer, and she said that uh, Claudette was too dark skinned, mm. and they thought that you know white people wouldn't kind of rally around this dark skinned girl. Interesting. She was fifteen. That was they thought that maybe she wouldn't be super reliable. She mm-hmm. also got pregnant, not short after. Oh, wow. Not long after rather this situation. So they did not want a, a pregnant girl to right? which unfortunately I think is probably a built in racial prejudice, but uh, regardless. And also that she didn't have great hair. Hmm. Rosa Parks had really great hair probably.
1: So they, they think that the the white person would kind of sympathize a little bit more with, with uh, Rosa Parks. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, to my knowledge, for a long time in black history, the idea of being lighter skinned is like a a blessing, you mm-hmm. know? And, I
1: think that's what I heard too.
0: And fashion trends of black women trying to have more kind of white woman hair. Like I, mm-hmm. of course, I can't speak to this as a, you know, as a, as a white man. It's just stuff that I, I am tangentially aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I wanted to read this clip and there's a word in there and honestly I I got to be honest with you guys I wanna I want to read it cuz I think it's important. Yeah. But I don't think I'm brave enough. So I think I Yeah, I do, I'm I'm not going to be able to. So uh this is an excerpt from Twice Toward Justice. And this is uh, after Claudette is taken off the bus and put in the police car. All ride long, they swore at me and ridiculed me. They took turns uh, trying to guess my bra size. They called me N-word bitch and cracked jokes about parts of my body. I recited the Lord's Prayer and the 23rd Psalm over and over in my head, trying to push back the fear. I assumed they were taking me to juvenile juvenile court because I was only 15, I was thinking. Now I'm going to be picking cotton since that's how they punish juveniles. They put you in a school out in the country where they made you do field work during the day. But we were going in the wrong direction. They kept telling me I was going to Atmore, the women's penitentiary. Instead, we pulled up to the police station and they led me inside. More cops looked up when we came in and started calling me thing and whore. They booked me and took my fingerprints. Then they put me back in the car and drove me to the city jail, the adult jail. A 15 15- this is me. 15-year-old girl taken to the adult jail for sitting on a bus. Someone led me straight to a cell without giving me any chance to make a phone call. He opened the door and told me to get inside. He shut it hard behind me and turned the key. The lock fell into place with a heavy sound. It was the worst sound I ever heard. It sounded final. It said I was trapped. Mm. 15-year-old girl.
1: How terrifying would that be?
0: I, I, I wouldn't have the courage now. No, frankly, that's terrifying.
1: I would be crying the entire oh, time.
0: And and sh- you know, she said she was crying, but when she was getting pulled off the bus, she was crying. But she said, "I know my rights." Yeah, you know, I I know my constitutional rights. I can I paid for my ticket. I can sit in this spot. Mm-hmm. I don't have to give it up for some white lady just because she's white. Right. So incredible, incredible courage. Wow. Yes. Um. And uh, I also uh, looked at the Wikipedia Wikipedia page on Claudette Colvin, mm-hmm. and it says that. Uh, so after months later, uh, Colvin was one of five plaintiffs, plaintiffs excuse me, in the first federal court case filed by civil rights attorney Fred Gray on February 1st, 1956 as Browder versus Gale to challenge bus segregation in the city. In a United States District, district course, Court, geez, she testified before the three-judge panel that heard the case on June 13th, 1956, the judges determined that the state and local laws requiring bus segregations in Alabama was unconstitutional. The case went to the United States Supreme Court on appeal by the state, and it upheld the, And it upheld the district court's ruling on November 13, 1956. One month later, the Supreme Court affirmed in order to excuse me. The Supreme Court affirmed the order to Montgomery and the state of Alabama to end bus segregation. And the Montgomery bus boycott was then called off. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, obviously a very brave woman. Uh she unfortunately she didn't, you know, she wasn't Rosa Parks. She wasn't the face of this movement. So she kinda she kinda got done dirty. You know, she moved to New York. Uh like I said, she had a, a child very young. Um and she became a nurse, you know. I mean she I'm sure she's happy and mm-hmm. healthy and fine, but you know, kind of forgotten until relatively recently. Wow. Um one last piece I want to read. Um Calvin gave birth to a uh, son, Raymond, in March nineteen fifty six. His skin was noticeably light and people frequently assumed his father was Elliot Klein, who was a very prominent white male in the Montgomery community who was known for sympathizing with black people. Elliot later admitted to being the father of the child, although there was skepticism by others. Colvin left Montgomery for New York City in 1958. Because she had difficulty finding and keeping work following her participation in the federal court case that overturned bus segregation, Uh, similarly, Rosa Parks left Montgomery for Detroit in 1957, Mm -hmm. Uh, Colvin stated she was branded a troublemaker By many in her community, she withdrew from college and struggled in the local environment. In New York, Colvin uh, and her son, Raymond, initially lived with Claudette's older sister, Velma Colvin. Claudette landed a job in 1969 as a nurse's aide in a nursing home in Manhattan. She worked there for 35 years, retiring in
1: 2004.
0: Wow. Yeah. While living in New York, she had a second son. He became an accountant in Atlanta. Raymond Calvin died in 1993 in New York of a heart attack at age 37. Oh wow. Yeah, poor oh. lady, I loved her son, one of her sons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she I I think a lot of people that uh kind of when uh when somebody speaks out, you know, and I think especially when a woman speaks out, I mm-hmm. think, "Oh, she's doing it for attention." You know, she's doing it for book deals or money or whatever. Right. And obviously the most times the, the situation is incredibly traumatic for the woman, Mm -hmm. you know, depending on the situation, she's called a liar, a whore, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just a money grubber, whatever you want to call it. And I, I think uh, Claudia Colvin is a, an excellent example of a woman who stood up and got kicked around a long time for it. Yeah. She did the right thing. She did what, what her community needed her to do without them asking her. She just knew and she did it. And she, she got the shitty end of the stick for quite a long time. So, uh, yeah, she's an incredible woman. I, I think it's insane. I, I believe she's still alive. I, I, I believe she's still alive. Okay. Um, yeah. Incredible. A 15 year old. So brave. Jeez, man. I, I, yeah. yeah wow
1: i I just can imagine i mean that's a a lot to take on in your fifteen and sixteen years you know not not only taking on you know like the the yeah. public hating on you and um but then becoming a mom and trying to navigate that while not nobody is wanting to hire you and having to go live with your sister and yeah. you know like that's yeah. that's a lot absolutely and to overcome that and Then, of course, her son passes away. That's Mm
0: -hmm. crazy. And I think in the past 20 or so years, she has gotten more recognition for her role in the civil rights movement. Um, And, yeah, I hope she's she's doing fantastic.
1: I mean, it's just stories like this that you hope make its way into the history books.
0: Yes. You know,
1: more than just a couple lines.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and, and I do hope that our society is moving in the direction where that is the case mm-hmm. you know that it is more well known i hope that you know when our son's going to school and <laughs> oh my god excuse <laughs> me jeez. <laughs> that when uh when our son's going to school mm-hmm. you know and he's just learning about history it's not necessarily black history month and he comes home and says oh yeah i learned about claudette colvin she's only three years older than me right when she you know refuse to give up or see mm-hmm. that's inspiring for, for any child yeah. to know that you can make a difference.
1: That's just, yeah. So incredibly brave.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. So <clears throat>
2: well,
1: that's great job. Got, oh, great job. Yep. I wasn't sure how long of a story that was going to be, but I mm-hmm. thought, well, I just, yeah, saw the tagline for it and thought, well, I want to learn about that.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm really glad you brought it up. I believe I'd seen that, that uh, drunk history episode before. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really good episode. Check that out. Um, if you, uh, Google Claudette Colvin, you should see an article come up from NPR.com. Okay. That's the one where I got a lot of my information. There's a six minute audio clip of them, uh, interviewing her for the piece. Oh, really? Six minutes. It's great. Check it out. She, she, oh, she's, she seems like a sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yep.
1: Love it. Well, let's see. Mine... Was uh, Little Rock Nine.
0: Little Rock Nine. We were yeah. talking earlier and I was like, was it the Tennessee Nine? Was it the <laughs>
1: Nashville Nine?
0: Did it rhyme?
1: Yeah. So I didn't know what this was. So those of you that are like me, you've never heard of this. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The Little Rock Nine was a group of nine African-American students enrolled in Little Rock Central High School in 1957. Their enrollment was followed by the Little Rock crisis in which the students were initially prevented from entering the racially segregated school by Orville Faubus, the governor of Arkansas. So, I am losing my voice over here. Sorry. Uh, So, May 17th of 1954, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that segregation of America's public schools was unconstitutional. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Following that, uh, resistance to the ruling was so widespread that the court issued a second Uh, decision in 1955 known as Brown 2, ordering school districts to integrate with all deliberate speed, quote unquote. Great. Um, Getting pressure from the local chapter of the NAACP, the Little Rock, Arkansas School Board adopted a plan for gradual integration of its schools. Mm -hmm. Um, Two pro-segregation groups formed to oppose the plan. So we have the Capital Citizens Council and the Mothers League of Central High School.
0: Boo, gross,
1: right? I know. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: hindsight's twenty twenty, but those people suck. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, so I guess despite the opposition, nine students registered to be the first African American students to attend Central High School. So mm-hmm. their names are Minnie Jean Brown, Elizabeth Eckford, Ernest Green, Thelma Mothershed, Melba Patillo, Gloria Ray. Terrence Roberts, Jefferson Thomas, and Carlotta Walls. Mm. All very great names, by the way. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, So Daisy Bates, who was the president of the Arkansas NAACP and co-publisher of the Arkansas State Press, and actually recruited the nine students, um, and, of course, others from the Arkansas NAACP, uh, they say, carefully vetted the group of students and determined they all possessed the strength and determination to face the resistance they would encounter.
0: I was curious what that vetting process was. If, if, if like Claudette Colvin, if they saw some students and they're like, "Oh, they're too dark skinned" or their hair is in a certain way, mm-hmm. but just pure
1: strength and determination yeah, to, yeah, constitutional not back down.
0: fortitude to deal with the shit they dealt with.
1: I almost wonder what that would look like. You said these you know, students down and say, you guys are basically going to war. Yeah. So whatever's thrown at you, if people do stuff to you, if they're calling you names, you need to be able to take it and still continue it. Your education.
0: Yeah. I wonder that's, that's super interesting. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Or if, or if these kids were a a group of kids among many kids that volunteered and said, I want to be part of this group that is getting segregated and,
1: Yeah, I guess they did this like weeks prior um, to the new school year. So Mm -hmm. the students had participated in intensive counseling sessions, Mm -hmm. guiding them on what to expect once classes began and how to respond to anticipated hostile situations. So, of course, this group became famous as the Little Rock Nine. Mm -hmm. Um, So on September 2nd, 1957, Governor Orval Fabus, Fabus, whatever, uh, announced that it it really is. Uh, Governor Orville announced that he would call in the Arkansas National Guard to prevent the African-American students to enter the Central High School, Mm -hmm. uh, claiming this action was for the students' own protection, which might have been true. I mean, I'm sure he kind of would know the backlash that the students would get, but it kind of also shed a bad light, saying like, almost like he doesn't agree with the integration in a way, yeah, I think you know. it's more
0: for his re-election protection than the students' protection. I, I doubt mm. he gave two shits about these kids, right? But,
1: um, so in a televised address, uh, Favis insisted that violence and bloodshed might break out if black students were allowed to enter the school. The Mothers' League mm, held a sur- <laughs> sunrise service. Sorry, when I read, you, you the you can title, say that I can't because you're a mother. So I you know. Can, well, yeah,
0: call just, them on their shit.
1: <laughs> when I see like the name this Mothers' League yeah. thing. I just think of, like, the stuck-up moms and PTA groups yeah. that think that they're better than everybody else. Yeah. And, you know, so I just kind of, like, roll my eyes at it. But yeah. Um, so, yeah, the Mother's League held a sunrise service at the school on September 3rd as a protest against the integration. But that afternoon, federal judge Ronald Davies, Davies, yep, issued a ruling that desegregated would continue as planned the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have, you know, we've got a fight going on. Yeah. On September 4th, 1957, the first day of classes at Central High, Governor Orval called in the Arkansas National Guard to block the students' entry into the high school. All the students actually had arrived together with Daisy Bates. She decided that she's just going to carpool them all together and they would walk in all as one. Um, well, she got a hold of all the students except for Elizabeth Eckford, Apparently, her family didn't have a telephone, so she has no way to contact her to let her know that they're all going in together. So she oh. ends up coming after the group. Okay. Um. That's not good. No. Yeah. So uh, she drove alone. Um so a photo, and I'm sure we've seen this in our history books, the photograph of Eckford alone with a notebook in her hand, stoically approaching the school um, as a crowd of hostile and screaming white students and adults surround her gain national and international news. Yeah. I actually do remember this photo. Do you remember oh, seeing yeah. it?
0: The the hate in those people's eyes and like shit, they look they looked like <sighs> monsters. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, you gotta wonder, so nineteen fifty seven wasn't that long ago. No. Right? For people who are still alive that might be in that picture, do you think that their minds have changed now or are they still just as hateful?
0: I actually have some insight on that. You do? Well, it's secondhand insight all the, um so the the ironic thing, I guess not that ironic. I mean, uh Drunk History did an episode on mm. the Little Rock Nine. That's how I okay. that's why I wanted to give it to you because I saw the episode. I was like, "Oh, that's super interesting." And in that episode, they talk about how years later, Uh, The Little Rock Nine were brought on to some talk show or members of the Little Rock Rock Nine. I don't know if it was all of them, Mm -hmm. but they also brought on fellow white students that just Hmm. terrorized them for years. Yeah. And they brought on these white students who are, they're all now adults. And the students are like, oh, sorry about that. Like, we don't, we're not racist anymore.
1: So they kind of had like a Mari intervention with the
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he was under the, you know, them trying to say like, oh, well, let's all come together, like, oh, you know, all our blood is red. It's like, well, well, you, you made my life hell, yeah, and you threatened my physical well being for mm-hmm. for being another person that wants to get an education in your school, right? And your quote unquote your school, mm-hmm. like, their apologies can kick dirt for I don't know. It's <laughs> it's disgusting.
1: But that, yeah. Yeah, you you wonder I mean if they really did truly have a change of heart and you think that if you had that much guilt wouldn't you want to kind of like seek them out yourself?
0: Yeah, not not, not wait for it to publicly. go on TV and be like see everybody I'm not a bad I'm not a bad I'm person. Not bad. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I think it it speaks more volumes when it's um not broadcasted.
0: Mhm. You know absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, and you know, I'm sure all these kids were brought up in where racism was the norm. So. Yeah. In that sense. You know. It,
1: it, it is hard to unlearn something that yeah. you've been brought up to believe. Absolutely. You know. And any habit is hard to to break. I get it. Yeah. You know. But it's.
0: But yeah. It, it's a It's just the. You know. Oh the cameras are on. Okay. Sorry. Like that's. Mm-hmm. That's shitty in any language. You know.
1: Right. Right. Well. Um. So in the following weeks of this becoming international news, federal Judge Ronald uh, Davies began legal proceedings against Governor Faubus. The president at the time, Dwight D. Eisenhower, uh, attempted to persuade Faubus to remove the National Guard and let the Little Rock Nine enter the school. Judge Davies ordered the guard removed on September 20th, and the Little Rock Police Department took over to maintain order. Uh, the police escorted the nine young um, African-American students into the school on September 23rd through an angry mob of some 1,000 white protesters gathering outside. Jeez. That's a lot of people to navigate through to yeah. get people into school.
0: And I've got to imagine that's that's that whole situation has to be so, of course, terrifying, but also confusing. Like... It's your second day trying to get into the school. Mm -hmm. And of course, you still have a ton of white people that are really mad at you and are yelling at you. But now you're being escorted in by the police, the same police that, you know, you probably saw abusing people in your community. Right. You know,
1: probably don't feel very safe with them.
0: No. God, no. You know, I. Yeah. To quote Admiral Akbar, it's a trap. Mm. That'd that'd be my number one feeling like.
1: Right. These cops
0: aren't here to protect me. But, I mean, g- good on the police officers. It seems like they did their job.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, it sounds like um, rioting had kind of ensued, and so the police uh, had to remove the nine students to get everybody to calm down. But um, I guess later in the Kept month— Kept them safe, at least. Yeah.
0: That's, I mean, that's, that's what you got to hope for.
1: Yeah. So later in the month, Eisenhower actually sent in federal tr- troops to escort the Little Rock Knight into school. It drew national attention to the civil rights movement. Um, although several of the black students had positive experience uh, experiences on their first day of school. Oh, they is, did. They apparently did. Oh. Yeah. Um, but according to a September 25th report in the New York times, they experienced routine harassment and even violence throughout the rest of the year, yep. which, which is terrible, but it's something that they were prepared for. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for example, example, uh, Melba, uh, Patio was kicked, beaten, and had acid thrown in her face.
0: Damn.
1: Yeah. Uh, Gloria Ray was pushed down a flight of stairs, and the Little Rock Nine were barred from participating in extracurricular activities. Um, Millie Jean Brown was expelled from um, Central High School in February of 1958 for retaliating against the attacks, which, as she and should. She,
0: yeah, and she was expelled.
1: Yeah, stupid. Uh, harassment went beyond the students. Gloria Ray's mother was fired from her job with the state of Arkansas when she refused to remove her daughter from the school. Wow. Yeah. The, um, what does it say? The 101st Airborne and the National Guard remained at uh, Central High School for the duration of the year. For the whole year. Wow. They had the National Guard there. Yeah. I mean, good on them for keeping it up and not just mm-hmm. for, like, um, the good views, I yeah. guess, you know, they're
0: in there for a week and they're like, oh, all right, let's get out of here. Good luck.
1: Right. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, on the upside, uh, May 25th of 1958, Ernest Green, the only senior among the Little Rock Nine, became the first African-American graduate of Central High. Oh, yeah. So good on him. Right. Absolutely. That's awesome. Uh, in September, Governor Fawbis closed all of Little Rock's high schools for the entire year, pending a public vote to prevent African-American attendance.
2: So I don't a, like this governor. Right? Yeah. He's kind of an asshole.
1: Yeah. Uh, Little Rock citizens, of course, voted 19,470 to 7,561 against integration and the schools remained closed. Stupid.
0: Cool. Way to go, guys. Right.
1: <laughs> um, other than Green, the rest of the Little Rock Nine completed their high school careers at other high schools across the country. Mm. So it's like, well, if you can't go here, then we'll go other places, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, Eckford joined the army and later earned her general education equivalency diploma. Cool. Uh, then, of course, Little Rock's high uh, Little Rock's high schools reopened in August of 1959. So it's almost like they got the Little Rock to join other schools, and then like, okay, we'll reopen again.
0: But they reopened segregated, right? I bl- oh. no, sorry, desegregated.
1: Desegregated.
0: Because that would have been the order from. President and, yeah. the, and the I don't know. I, I have trouble with higher rankings of, of right. public officials. But uh yeah, that would still be the standing order is that their public schools have to be desegregated. So yeah, maybe just get those first nine graduated and then get everybody back in. I don't know, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um let's see, there was uh So after after all this was said and done and everybody's graduated, um I kinda wanted to see what they later went on to do mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so um, let's see green served as assistant secretary of the federal department of labor under president jimmy carter um, brown wow. worked as deputy assistant secretary for workforce diversity in the department of the interior under president bill clinton okay Patillo worked as a reporter for nbc Nice. Uh, the group had been widely recognized for their significant role in the civil rights movement. In 1999, President Clinton awarded each member of the group the Congressional Gold Medal. Cool. Which is very cool. I don't think I... I mean, obviously, I didn't know that because I didn't really know the yeah, story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which is silly because I'm pretty sure we all learned this in school because I saw the picture. But again, history class, it's like it went in one year and out the other for me. Oh, really?
0: Yeah. I always liked history. But i I didn't know they won the Congressional Medal of Honor. And 40 years later, 42 years later, they won that. Uh um, little, little yeah. late, guys. Little right. late. <laughs> yeah. A little late. A little late. Give them that honor sooner.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, they also they received... They
0: got pushed down <laughs> stairs and acid thrown in their face. Maybe get them that medal a little sooner. Right, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, they also all received personal invitations to attend the inauguration of President Barack Obama in 2009. Nice. Which is pretty cool. Very cool. Um. And then a little bit more of each one of them. So uh, Jefferson Thomas became the first of uh, Little Rock Nine to die when he succumbed to pancreatic cancer at the age of 67. Um, after graduating from Central High, Thomas served in the Army in Vietnam, earned a business degree, and worked as an accountant for private companies in the Pentagon. Very cool. Uh, Melba... Graduated from San Francisco State University with a bachelor's in journalism and eventually earned her Ph.D. from the U- University of San Francisco. She was a reporter at San Francisco's NBC affiliate and has written two books. She currently serves as the communications department at Dominican University. Mm. Um, and just looking at everybody's like accomplishments. Clearly, this didn't set him back. Like, yeah, they, they were so. Yeah. Ugh, just love it uh carlotta graduated from the university of northern colorado Hey, uh, just cur- down the road just down the road and currently serves as the president of little rock nine foundation mm. she's also a real estate broker and operates a company alongside her son i wonder where i don't know i'll have to look that up i should have call her up and be like hey girl hey
2: hey
0: <laughs>
1: Um, Eckford Elizabeth Eckford was a probation officer for the First uh, Division Circuit Court, mm. um, who also served in the U.S. Army, served as a military journalist and a social studies teacher. She graduated from Central State University with a bachelor's degree in history and currently lives in Little Rock. Cool. Um, Ernest Green joined Lehman Brothers in 1987 as a senior managing director.
0: Lehman Brothers? Lehman Brothers. Okay. Thank
1: you. And has also served as numerous board on numerous boards, such as the NAACP and the Winthrop Winthrop Rockefeller Foundation. Yeah, that sounds right. right. Yeah, Um, a movie about his life was also created by the Disney Channel in 1992 called The Ernest Green Story, which I didn't know anything about. Um, Green was also in Black Enterprise magazine's 2006 list of the 75 most powerful Blacks on Wall Street. Cool. Very cool. Wow, Gloria. Um, was the editor-in-chief of Computers and in Industry, an international journal of computer applications and in industry, um, then went to the Netherlands to work for Philips Telecommunications, um, and apparently she's the granddaughter of a former slave and retired in 1994. Uh, Minnie Jean, which is such a fun name, yeah. Minnie, Dreen, Minnie Jean Brown-Tricky was her merry name, uh, graduated what, from... sorry. Tricky was she kept it was Minnie Jean Brown and, and then she added Tricky.
0: Added Tricky, okay, yeah. even better. <clears throat> the I know, name right? gets better and better.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, she graduated from Southern Illinois University with a degree mm-hmm. in journalism mm-hmm. before getting another degree in social work from Carleton University in Ontario, Canada. Uh, she then became a social activist and served in the Clinton administration as a deputy assistant secretary for workforce diversity at the Department of Interior. Wow. She was the subject of a documentary about her life and has since returned to Canada. Terrence Roberts received his PhD from Southern Illinois University in psychology before becoming the CEO of Terrence J. Roberts and Associates, a management uh, consultant firm. Roberts was also an assistant dean at the UCLA School of Welfare from 85 to 93. He has written books about racism reflecting on his experiences, which would be really interesting to read, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Um Thelma, where uh, worked at a well Thelma mothershed where
0: I think Thelma's a name that needs come back. Right. I like Thelma a lot.
1: I do too. Yeah. Thelma and Louise. Yeah. Yeah. You know, anyway. Thelma
0: and Velma. And Velma. Both. Bring yeah. them both back. <laughs> We're not having any other kids, guys. If you're having daughters
1: just consider Thelma or Velma. Right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, she worked at a juvenile detention center. Um, she also worked in the East St. Louis, Illinois school system for 28 years uh, before retiring in 94 and now lives in Little Rock. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just so cool that, you know, they can go through such public hate from a lot of people mm-hmm. and still mm-hmm. just kill it Yeah. with their futures, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just very inspiring
0: yeah yeah I it
1: was a really really cool story
0: yeah that's incredible i had no idea that they all went on to achieve incredible success Incred- mm-hmm. like you know you would think oh i'm sure a couple did and maybe a couple just stayed low-key probably had great lives but all of them yeah journalists uh, b- uh bl- black business owners uh, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah um and not to take anything away from the little rock nine and, but I I do think it's fascinating that the little rock nine, they seem to be, they were picked for this purpose Mm -hmm. and I'm sure they had the full backing of the NAACP. Yeah. And they went on to get this success. Whereas Claudette, she just kind of went rogue Mm -hmm. and didn't want to give up her seat and it, it feels like maybe she didn't get that same support again. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take anything away from the Little Rock Nine because I'm sure they achieved so much just, just on their own. Just because right. they, they were picked because they were you know incredible students and that obviously translated to success down the road. Mm-hmm. But it does make me even wishing even more that Claudette would have gotten some more support mm-hmm. back then. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure she's had an incredible life and, uh, a nurse that's, that's, I mm-hmm. the, the, they're angels walking among us, you right. know, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't feel balanced when both, you know, Little Rock Nine and Claudette were so invaluable and important to the civil rights movement that.
1: And just the badassery. You yes.
0: Know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Claudia's just got a special place in my heart now. Yeah. So like, <laughs> she should have, you know, she should have been. Yeah. Are you
1: going to come home with a tattoo of her name on your shoulder?
0: Might, yeah. A little heart around yeah. it. It's cute. Yeah. It's uh, maybe her mugshot. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <You're> back, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, great job, honey. Thanks, baby. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yep. Fun story. I mean, not fun, but, you know.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, research. Comedy Central doesn't pay us, but uh, a really fun way to experience these stories for yourself is to watch those mm-hmm. drunk history episodes they're four six minutes long like yeah it's a it's very incredible, entertaining incredible uh history so mm-hmm. ah, awesome yeah
1: yeah um <laughs> the next thing i had on my my sheet here is to do the wrap but i don't think we're ready for that yet are we we're not are we d- well do we want to do assignments first and then oh
0: my goodness assignments yes Yep. You're absolutely right. Uh, so for you, let me pull it up. I want to make sure I get her name right. No wrong one. So I would like you to talk about Marsha P. Johnson,
1: Marsha P. Johnson.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm excited. I think you'll like I mean, obviously, Little Rock Nine was incredible, but I think you'll really like this one.
1: Okay, fantastic. Thanks, honey. I'm excited. Uh, For you, I've got... um, I want to know the story of the first interracial marriage ever recorded. Wow. Or if there was a a couple that maybe weren't married but were interracial coupled together that got, I don't know, national got on national news for their experiences or... Yeah.
0: Interesting.
1: I should, probably should have looked it up to see that there was actually one. I mean, I'm sure there is.
0: It would, so... Like an actual couple being... I'll, I'll look into that specifically, but if I do call an audible, mm-hmm. would you be cool with that? What are you thinking? So I'm... I was actually thinking, I wanted to assign this to you, but I forgot about it until you brought this up. I would like to know more about... Um, so I... I believe it was Thomas Jefferson that had many illegitimate children mm-hmm. with uh, one of his slaves. Mm, and I want to yeah. know more about this, the, the, the woman. Cause I feel like everybody's like, Oh yeah. Thomas Jefferson, you know, and I've, I've heard her name before. But yeah. We, we
1: heard it in uh, Hamilton.
0: Yeah. I know nothing about her. Yeah. So that's something I'd like to look into. I mean, we can save that for a later time.
1: Well, that sounds more interesting than the one I gave you. You know what?
0: I'll, I'll do both. Sure. I'll play. I'll play. I mean, both. this one yeah. probably wouldn't
1: be a very long story, but
0: yeah. And of course, not to not to insinuate that Thomas Jefferson and this woman were like a couple. I have no idea, right? If it was consensual or what, but you know, I, I feel like I'd like to know more about her.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, uh, well, I've got a, a nice uh, rap lyrics for you. Yeah. Um, maybe. you will have to be careful. Okay. And do the mmm sound on mm-hmm. a couple of these. But. Got, it, got it.
0: Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Totally. Totally. I can totally do that. So good. So good at singing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm
0: just tracking down some piano music here. Gotta yeah, get that soft piano music yep. going. Oh, the Snoopy shows on Apple TV Plus. That's cool.
1: <laughs> Task at hand.
0: Hmm. Let's give this a shot.
1: This one's not very long, but I'll trade you.
0: Hey, back it off. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Okay. <clears throat> Financial freedom, my only hope. Fuck living rich and dying broke. I bought some artwork for one million. Two years later, that shit worth two million. Few years later, that shit worth eight million. I can't wait to give this shit to my children. Y'all think it's bougie? I'm like, it's fine but I'm trying to give you a million dollars worth of game for $9.99. I turned that to two. I turn that two to a four. Four to an eight. I turned my life into a nice first week release date. Y'all out here still talking. Advances, huh? Me and my, hmm, taking real chances, uh. Y'all on the Graham holding money to your ear. There's a disconnect. We don't call that money over here. Yeah. I was about to start reading. As assignment for net week next week. <laughs> Story of the first interracial marriage ever recorded. And are they alive now? Fantastic. Do you know who that was? I feel like we haven't been following through. I just want to know who that one was.
1: Uh Jay Z. Ah.
0: Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Hove. AKA Hove.
1: And that's, his, that's a nickname for him? That
2: yeah, is, yeah. Mm. H
0: to the is O, V to the is A. Oh, Hove yeah. A Hove. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. I'll introduce you sometime. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, real quick before we go, uh, and, and we're going to do the vision, WandaVision talk. Of course. Uh, so we watched the second to last episode of The Stand recently. Amazing. You Okay. I was yeah. going to ask. You liked it a lot. Yes, I did. I really liked it. But this is the big final confrontation between two groups. And I feel like those are always so hard to land. And
1: everything kind of did happen pretty quickly.
0: I mean, this one was a total Deus Ex Machina. Uh, uh, basically, a, a grand outside force comes in to just solve things more or less. That's a Deus Ex Machina.
1: Is that English?
0: uh greek latin it's latin
1: (laughs) like that just sounds like nonsense uh
0: yeah i think it's god in the machine is what it stands for because Mm. in uh in uh old plays like when you wanted to end the play you would uh basically get an actor and kind of lower them down on a on a trolley and they'd be like i am i am this god and now this will happen and that's how they finished plays so it was the God in the in the machine in like the trolley okay. um, or raised up from the floorboards, you know, mm-hmm. some sort of mechanical um, hmm. reveal of this of this grand thing that'll just solve things. Uh, a famous uh, use of deus ex machina was in. Oh, my God, I'm going to forget it, aren't I? Damn it. The uh, Lord of the Flies. Mm-hmm. I've never read it. But uh, my understanding is at the end, like these kids are about to kind of kill each other. I think they already killed a fat kid. Um, But then this book or uh, this boat comes along and saves them all. And then they're all like, they're all fine. They're all buddy, buddy again. The idea Hmm. is that our our animal, our base instincts are just surface level. And it Mm -hmm. doesn't take a whole lot for us to to devolve to tribalistic beasts. Hmm. But I believe the boat might have been called the deus ex machina. Because the idea is that this outside force comes in and just resolves it. Okay. But it had a purpose in that story. Gotcha. And so that kind of happened in yeah, this? Yeah, yeah it did. But uh, of course this whole show is leading up to kind of these grand forces at odds. So it's not like it's it's not like it's not justified and it doesn't have its place in the story. Right. But I was thinking about it more and I'm like, oh, "Okay, so that's just kind of how it ended, but I think the original story is like that too." Okay. And I don't know that you can really not have that take place in the stand as a story right but there was also some really good character resolutions Mm -hmm. i think yeah so overall i liked it
2: yeah just i think i need to watch it again yeah
0: yeah um so anyways now you guys got to hear my opinion on the stand which you may or may not have ever seen (laughs) hopefully that didn't spoil anything but uh Uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us. If you Mm want to hang out with us after this, we're going to be talking about WandaVision episode five, six,
1: five, six. I don't remember now.
0: I think five. Okay. I think maybe five. So for anybody that doesn't want to hang out with us during that, we hope you have an incredible week ahead of you, you know, go out there and make your dreams happen. Thank you so much for listening. If you don't do it, nobody else is going to do it for you. So Grab your life by the balls and squeeze until you get what you want. Hell yeah. Love it. So pumped. Sorry. All right. Love you guys so much. Have a great week. Bye. Don't be a Richard. All right. Don't be a Richard. Bye.
1: Okay. Can we talk about WandaVision now? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Can you go first?
1: Uh, Sure. Yeah, please. Yeah. I, uh, oh man. I'm so horny for this show. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a good show. Mm -hmm. I love that they have been doing like a different era every single episode and uh,
0: except for the fourth the fourth the f- just kind of totally true. went into setting up the outside world. that's but true sorry. at least the ones with Wanda. in it sorry that's me being pedantic please that's okay <laughs>
1: um no i just yeah and i i love that again we're, we're talking about spoilers right like oh yeah we've been doing spoilers okay. for this so yeah, yeah
0: again everybody if, if this is your first episode we go hard spoilers when we talk about WandaVision. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I love that uh, Vision is starting to get really skeptical of what's happening.
0: He's to- He's he's He knows what's going on, I think. Or at least he's like 98% he, sure. He knows that Wanda...
1: Is doing something. Yes. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting when he finds out that, quote unquote, she resurrected him.
0: Yeah, that is one thing. That he doesn't know. You're absolutely right.
1: So I wonder how he's going to take that. And, well...
0: How crazy that she stole his body from a sword facility.
1: I mean, I know that she's, like, super powerful. But I don't know if I believe that she resurrected him. Like, fully. She
0: created two boys that are seemingly totally real. True. And I, and I believe in the episode they talk about, like, it's it, nothing is... is fiction it's it's organic and she is actually creating certain things like the kids so right obviously if she has the power to give hashtag women i don't know mm-hmm. just the idea of you have the you have the power to bring life i don't think there's any reason to suspect that she wouldn't have the power to give life back to vision hmm. she is powerful yeah something that i thought that was crazy was I feel like they were doing some some kind of work to in this episode to set up how powerful Wanda is mm-hmm. because there was the part where uh, I think it was Monica Rambeau says somebody's like oh she's not that powerful and she's like well if uh, Thanos hadn't called down a a Blitzkrieg or whatever then she would have killed Thanos mm-hmm. which you know I've heard people on the internet talking about for a while now just I think Kevin Feige um, kind of the head guy at Marvel he even said that yeah WandaVision would have killed Thanos or maybe it was one of the Russo brothers.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. So
0: I think they, obviously they put that in the show for a reason to make it canon that like
1: she could basically do anything.
0: She could have killed Thanos. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, it's just, it's super fascinating. And no, now knowing like we've gotten a glimpse into the people, um, who are basically forced into her reality yeah um and knowing that like saying not like fun they're not having fun like it's like mind control their subconscious is kind of there but not really um and but then you know they snap back into it and um oh, that was another one that i was oh and uh that the uh the neighbor lady i don't remember her name but uh i don't either You know that that was a really weird moment where she was like, "Oh, do you want me to start over?"
0: Yeah, it it was incredible. I
1: was like, "Wait a minute, what?" Yeah, it was so (laughs) unnerving. She knows that. I mean, you kind of got a sense from this last episode when she was Mm -hmm. talking to the the neighbor across the the fence, like. Oh, has she been in there this whole time? Or, yeah. you know, whatever episode that was. The third and
0: one I feel like they've been uh, building up to that in episodes leading up to this. So to have that like one of the first interactions in this episode, mm-hmm. I think really set the tone well for the episode. Because this episode was full of conflict mm-hmm. and stress and just, I mean, even Wanda coming out and throwing that drone and yeah. just like stepping up to sword mm-hmm. to get away from, you know, my like life not- and my family.
1: And yeah, it's interesting that like she really doesn't care about anybody else in I mean, in her mind she's like, Well, these I'm not hurting these people. Yeah. I'm I'm just creating my life in the way that I want it because this is what I think I deserve. Right? And she's not thinking of other people and like what right. she's taking away from them.
0: Right. Yeah. She I I know Monica kind of stepped up for her to say like she could have killed me when she threw me out, but she she didn't. She protected me, but mm-hmm. I mean, clearly she is totally detached.
1: Right. But I think um, once Vision really... I mean, he, he kind of had a conversation with, or started to mm-hmm. before the end of this last episode mm-hmm. um, that I think he's going to be the only one that can really snap her out of it and, like, show her what exactly it is she's doing.
0: Yeah, I wonder if somebody's going to be able to show Vision that hes he should be dead. Yeah. Well, I know... Uh, pretty popular in the uh previews before the show came out there's an interaction coming up between the neighbor lady and vision where vision snaps her out of it and she goes to my dad and he says you know why would you say that and she says cuz you are
1: oh interesting so, uh,
0: that should okay. if that's not coming up next episode it'll be the episode after yeah wow yeah so we're i mean i i watched a review uh, IGN posted cuz i i like IGN's reviews and the guy said, like, overall, he said it was a really great episode, but he th- he was kind of missing the comedy, which I disagree with. I, I think I also think that Marvel has a hard time winning. If something's not super funny, mm-hmm. people are like, oh, well, it was kind of wasn't super funny. And then if they try and throw jokes in there, they're like, oh, my God, Marvel doing the whole joke thing. Like, yeah, they really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this one, I don't. I mean, the episode was uh, a very special episode. That was the name of the episode. Mm-hmm. So immediately, you know, like, oh, this is going to be like a serious one. I remember those very special episode uh, sitcoms when I was a kid. You know, some some kid learns about adults. Some adults will try to molest you or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, family matters. Uh, the daughter tries to buy a gun. Oh. You know, yeah. and there's another mm-hmm. episode where the kid got pulled over by a, a a really crappy white, white cop. White police and officer. Yeah. Carl got into his business. Like the right. Those episodes are super heavy. So yeah. I th- I think it would have. I don't think they should have tried to dilute any of the tension. in The episode. Mm-hmm. It's and the poor the dog.
1: The poor dog. Poor
0: dog. Ate the plants or whatever. I I. I'm still I still think. The, the neighbor lady, mm-hmm. the kind of goofy lady. I think she's
1: there's something more. She with her. Know,
0: yeah, she knows more than she's letting on. I know there's a bunch of theories about that. So it's not like I'm like, you know, I'm said Dr. Seuss. But I mean, Sherlock <laughs> Holmes, It's not like I'm Sherlock Holmes in this. You know, I'm definitely borrowing from people that know more about the lore than I do. But yeah, I wonder if the dog thing, she kind of set that up for some reason. We might learn later. I don't know.
1: Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Huh. And I find it fascinating that the twins can make themselves grow up at any time.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that was really sweet. Like when the dog died and the kids wanted to grow up to not feel that pain anymore. Mm -hmm. And she told them like, no, you've got to face this feeling like you've got to embrace this moment and grieve, Mm
2: -hmm. which,
0: of course, the irony is she's not doing the same thing or at least she tried to do it, but then something happened within her that has now caused her to totally ignore reality. Mm -hmm. So even though it was, uh, Oh my God, I cannot think of words today. Uh, She's being hypocritical. Mm -hmm. It's still a beautiful message of like, don't run away from being sad. That stuff's important. That that's vital to your, your natural growth as a young person, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of just growing out of it, um, however the hell they're doing that.
1: Mhm.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, and um the the ending, we talked about this a little bit. So that is supposed to be Pietro, right?
0: Yes, that's Quicksilver. And so for everybody that that is not really in the know, so uh Quicksilver uh was in Avengers Age of Ultron, uh Wanda's brother. He dies in that movie. But the thing is um I don't know if they called him Quicksilver in the movie because in the X-Men movies that were owned by Fox, they premiered Quicksilver in, I don't remember which of the X-Men movies. They all kind of blend together for me, honestly. Um, But he's really great. And so...
1: They chose that
0: Yeah, the actor from the Fox universe is Mm -hmm. portraying Pietro, which... You know uh, Ashley Olsen's portrayal of Wanda is from the Marvel universe, so it's the first time they are openly acknowledging that Fox and Marvel are coming together. That they are, you know, Marvel now owns the Fox characters, so they're bringing this actor on to play Pietro. Mm -hmm. And in that review I watched, he mentioned that uh, uh, the girl from Two Broke Girls,
1: yes, Cat Dennings, Mm -hmm.
0: she said like that they re. She says like, oh, they she recast Pietro. So it all like I I didn't hear that. I thought she said something about like oh, she brought in Pietro. I don't know. We'll have to yeah, watch that scene I was again. Gonna say I don't remember because that at all. yeah, if she says recast, then that's openly acknowledging that this is not the same right Quicksilver that this universe knows. Yeah, which is super cool, which mm-hmm. is wild. Like yeah. just that that meta context. Uh, this is the perfect show for it. The mm-hmm. show is totally meta. Um, right so yeah i i really liked how dark and desperate and how wanda is just lying to vision Mm -hmm. to hold on to this this reality that she's created that she now has her husband and has a family right what she wanted yeah you know it's uh, great tv fantastic tv you know um so far this is absolutely up there with the Mandalorian seasons for me. I was a big fan of those. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a pretty big I'm a I'm a fairly big Star Wars shill. Mm-hmm. Some stuff more than others. Um I didn't like Last Jedi, but I don't think that's a hot take. I don't think a lot of people like Last Jedi. Mm. But I'm a huge Marvel shill. Like I'll yeah. watch I'll watch Age of Ultron all day, and I understand that movie's kind of annoying with the <laughs> with, you know, Captain America quipping all over the place. Mm. But
1: uh, Apparently I need to watch that movie again cuz I Which one? Age of Ultron.
0: Oh yeah. It's it's just not it's by far not the best Avengers movie and I think okay. it it kind of it was it was it was fine. Mm-hmm. It was fine. Like even Ultron was a little too quippy for me. Mm. Although the actor that uh, portrayed him um from the Blacklist and I think 16 Candles like Oh maybe yeah. maybe Pretty in yeah. Pink. Yep. Um he was great. It's just you kind of they let him kind of play jazz a little too much I thought. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways. Oh, can't wait for the next episode. I know. It's so so good. And mm-hmm. just like uh we don't get paid from whatever company I said earlier that doesn't pay us. <laughs> Disney doesn't pay us either. No. Nope. So
1: they got the money.
0: Any any friends or family that need a Disney code, I mean, <laughs> just don't don't play this for for Feige or or whoever runs Disney right now. Like, give us a call. Let us know if you need it. You know, mm-hmm. hey, we're all family. We got to take care of each other. <laughs> Mickey's got his. He, d- yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. As Ice T would say, Mickey's caked out.
1: Yeah, I He's think Walt Disney did a did a great job to, you know, make sure his family lives on.
0: Walt Disney wealthy. took care of his, so we got to take care of ours. Yeah. If you want some free Disney Plus, holler at us. <laughs> right.
1: but just for legal reasons, that was a joke. just kidding (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: all right i think that is gonna do it for us yeah yeah we got the stand ending next week so i'm excited to see Mm -hmm. see where that ends um i hope they don't try and lay groundwork for any potential spinoffs or sequels talking with a buddy of ours like they got to end it just Mm -hmm. end it it's a great story so far i'm sure i'm sure they will yeah
1: but yeah thank you guys so much for listening This mm-hmm. is the good first week of our Black History Month and I'm excited for next week
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, not that we're the funniest people In the world but these uh, next few episodes May not be full of chuckles and ha ha's mm, You mm-hmm. know but I'll, we'll try And find find some jokes and some levity In there where we can right. You know where possible so uh, Again thank you guys as always for hanging out With us have a fantastic week Love you very much Love you. Love you. And don't be a Richard.
1: Don't be a Richard. Bye. Bye.
0: Bye.